0: dozen people have, have either emailed me or messaged me with with input on uh, on the route so it's been no it's been super helpful and I've just been kind of keeping notes of all of those those suggestions and, and ideas and possible issues with sections and then in the next month or two I'll be doing some scouting out there myself on a couple of sections that I want to verify you you let your mind make it more of an issue than it really has to be like you're not on death's door or anything like that but you know things come up while you're riding and you kind of have to push past them sometimes and i've heard this from a couple of people on podcasts and stuff that you know they really need to go into these type of things basically with you know a clear you know everything cleared off your plate especially people doing these big events like the tour divide and things like that you need to be going into it with nothing that is going to be an excuse for you to pull out.
1: That's Jonathan Hayward, and this is the Bike Pack Canada Podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Bike Pack Canada podcast. I'm your host, Steve O'Shaughnessy. Next time you're out there on your adventure, or if you have something to share, or you just want to say something, uh, whip out your phone, record me a voice memo, and send it to podcast at gmail.com. Everybody, I think, really enjoys hearing these, these voice intros, and I think it really helps connect our community, and I really love hearing from you. So don't be shy and send me a voice intro. All right. Coming up on September 28th and 29th, we have the annual Bike Pack Canada Summit. Our guest lineup this year so far is Janie Hayes, coming up from Colorado. We've got Ben Johnson uh, presenting his film "Admissions of an Ad- Amateur Bike Packer." Uh, Jeff Bartlett coming up. He's a renowned photographer in the in the Bow Valley. He's going to teach us how to take better. Uh, photos on our adventures. We have Cricket from the Whitefish Bike Retreat to give a presentation. We also have a pack rafting presentation and demo. We're going to have tech sessions and the ever popular what is in your bag show and tell. This is something you just can't miss. On the 27th, the night before the summit starts, we're going to have a social. Uh, Details will follow about that And something I'm really passionate about is the Overnighter happening on the 26th. We'll head down to Kananaskis country for an Overnighter and we'll be back uh, on the Friday before the social. So an awesome weekend of bikepacking adventure, uh, good vibes and awesome people. Something you just cannot miss. So please head over to bikepack.ca and uh, read some more details there. Uh, You can go over on the Facebook page as well. Lots of details there and uh, make sure you buy a ticket. And join us. It's a blast. Don't miss it. So I've had the honor and privilege uh, of talking to many people on this podcast so far. And it's something I truly love doing. I really love having these conversations. Um, I chatted with a lady on uh, the weekend, just before, actually the, the day before I'm recording these intros. And uh, it was such an amazing conversation. It made me feel really, really lucky, um privileged uh, and just filled me with pride to be able to connect with these people and, and talk about their story. I really, really enjoy talking about their story. And after we chatted, she sent me, we chatted a little bit on, uh, back and forth online. And, and she said to me that, that after our conversation, she felt very vulnerable. She really opened herself up on this podcast and, uh, and I'm really glad that I could facilitate that. I, th- I think it was almost, a, even for me, it was almost a therapy session. When you start talking to someone and the walls come down and you start sharing, um, it's just very moving that that people of of every of all different walks of life can get together and chat and be vulnerable and uh, share their story. And I just want to say again, it's an honor and a privilege to be able to, to reach out to you people uh, and talk. So um, please send me some guests. Suggestions. I've got lots in the can right now. I've got lots of conversations lined up, but I'm always looking for inspiring people to talk to. So if you have some suggestions of stories that you want to hear, send them to me. Don't be shy. Reach out. Send me a voice memo. Send me an email and just let, yeah, let me know. Let me know where you're at and what you want to hear because I want to shape this podcast around what you guys want. So I'm um, doing my best. I'm hoping I'm generating content that's of interest and uh, I really want to keep it going. And I want to um, I want to increase the amplitude if I can. I'm a busy guy, but if I can get them out once a week, I will. Um, and that's kind of what I'm working for, working toward. And uh, I need your help. So send me guest suggestions, voice memos, etc. Uh, don't be shy. Send them to podcast at gmail.com. And let's keep this thing going and growing. I love all you guys. So today I bring you Jonathan Hayward of the Alberta Rockies 700 great conversation just talked about uh the logistics of uh planning uh, a race of this type also the logistics of changing the route entirely it used to go from uh, Coleman to hinton or vice versa and uh, he made a decision to change that in order to hopefully promote more more signups um it's now starting and ending in canmore and i think it's going to be an amazing track Unfortunately, uh, I had to drop out this year because of uh, some family obligations I have, as well as uh, financial obligations I have. Um, I live a very humble existence. And uh, as much as I'd like to get out for all these races, it's about balance. So I'm, I'm going to be unable to attend that this year. And I'm super bummed. So you'll hear me talk in the podcast that, you know, I'll be doing it and blah, blah. But unfortunately, I'm going to have to drop out. Um, I do plan on doing it. One day, and as time permits, uh, I'm sure I will. Um, but um, it's going to be a fantastic track. I think it's going to be challenging the AR 700 this year. And uh, anyone who signed up is um, you've taken the first step to an amazing journey. And if you haven't done a bike packing uh, event like this before, just do it, and you're going to love it, and you're going to come back a different person for sure. So uh, I hope you enjoy this podcast with Jonathan Hayward as much as I did, and um, yeah, have a listen. How's it going? Good. How was your uh, winter? Uh, cold? Yeah, uh, no, it was cold. You up know there. what?
0: We had that stretch at the at the kind of end of winter which was pretty miserable, but really can't complain about the start of winter. It was so mild up until December.
1: And then you got hit with the minus 40s, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Did you did you move? Are you in a different town now?
0: Yeah, um, we, we just moved about a week and a half ago. So, oh, cow. Uh, we're not really fully moved yet just because um, I'm still kind of back and forth. I'm overseeing two locations right now, and the one at Hinton, and then one on the east side of Calgary. So,
1: you're and on the road a lot?
0: I am on the road. That's going to come to an end kind of around the end of June. Then it'll be less of a rotation right now. I'm kind of back and forth every week. So uh, uh, the wife and boys are still back in Hinton to finish off the school season.
1: Oh, okay. So we're in your new place now?
0: I'm at the. I in, yeah, I'm in our new place right now. How is it? We're not calling it home yet. No? It's just until everybody else is here.
1: Hey, just a big empty house with, like, a sleeping pad on the floor? No,
0: all <laughs> of our furniture, everything's here. Um, no, uh, everybody else is back. Uh, my parents run a uh, guest ranch just outside of Hinton. Okay. So they're staying out there uh, for the next couple of months in one of the staff suites.
1: Oh, cool. Well, that's good. So yeah,
0: all of our stuff is here. It's just only I'm here.
1: Oh, so they're the ones camping then. Exactly. They're the ones with no stuff. <clears throat> that's all right. What, what? Why did you move? Just an opportunity with work. Oh, good. Yeah. Nice. Moving on up?
0: Ah, sort of, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Are you going in the AR this year?
0: uh undecided (laughs) come on do it (laughs) i'll be there i'll definitely be there yeah um yeah we'll just see i've got a couple other trips planned so um just really it's going to come down to what what we've got left for holidays that's obviously a big piece to my own ride so
1: yeah for sure um you gotta go man just try it just do it We'll see you out there. Okay, we'll see you out there. Everybody? <laughs> <laughs> no, I know. It's logistically hard, especially when you have a family and, you know, you just moved mm-hmm. and you got a different job or whatever. And yeah, it yeah. doesn't doesn't make it easy. How is the organizing going for the air?
0: It's good. Uh, the numbers are up.
1: Yeah, however many at right now.
0: Um, I think about 45 signed oh. up so far. Nice which is which is good to see. I think uh, the change of the route and the the style of the route going to a loop yeah definitely played into that significantly.
1: I think that nailed it for me too cuz the logistics are a lot easier for me to get to Canmore and yeah. start and finish there. It'll just be yeah. it'll just be way easier.
0: Yeah. Um, well, and the, the numbers had consistently dropped over the last 3 years like the 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 number of people who sign up versus show up is kind of the the telltale number, right? You always, I kind of always look at it and I've kept spreadsheets right from day one and it's about 50% of the people who sign up, you cut that, like I said, you cut that sign up number in half and that's about the number of people that actually show up to ride. Right. And it's been consistent for the first three years. Like I think year one, there was about 70 people signed up and there was about 30 some that showed up. Right. And then year two, you know, numbers have been consistently dropping. And I think there's a few factors to that. It's, there's more events. Totally. Um, there's, there really is only a certain number of crazy people that want to do these type of things. And um, obviously a huge one that I heard from a lot of people that, um, that didn't show up. So they'd signed up. I would typically the last couple of years, I've been sending out kind of a, like a week or two out from the actual start date, saying kind of like a roll call of who's actually going to be there and gives you a better idea of how many people are, you know, you're actually expecting to see. Right. And the biggest thing that I heard back from people who had signed up and then didn't actually come to ride were, you know, was around the logistics of that one way route. Yeah. And it's tough. Like it's, I've, you know, I don't know why I, Came up with the one way route because the logistics of the reason one of the main reasons I came up with my own route was because the first event that I'd done, the Oregon Outback, was a one way route. And I thought, oh, it'd be much better if this, you know, the logistics were easier because a one way route in another part of the, you know, in another country adds definitely a lot of logistics to your ride. So, but then I, built my own one way route. So I fixed that now.
1: <laughs> I kind of, I'm, I'm a little bummed because I really, I didn't finish it and I wanted to, uh I wanted to ride the route because everyone said it was, it was awesome. It's just a great, yeah great track, but oh, uh, it's always the there. Road's still there. Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. I just have to work. Maybe have to <clears throat> try to yo-yo that or something. I don't know. Getting back is so hard. How, how far would it be from, uh from Canmore to Hinton?
0: To Hinton? Uh well that's pretty much the halfway point so you're about three fifty.
1: Oh that's not that bad. So oh like, sorry
0: no no it's not no no it's I don't than that. I
1: mean like if you're gonna drive like when you drive oh if down, you're gonna drive
0: yeah. to Hinton, you're three hours I think.
1: Really that's it? Yeah. Oh that's not so bad. Yeah
0: because you just cut right down through the parkway so.
1: Right. Okay that's not so bad could probably work that out. How's the how's the uh, what are, what are the big what's the biggest challenge in organizing these? Um mm,
0: I don't know it, you know, probably the route uh getting the route set up. Um I've been getting a lot of really good feedback um from from people with this new route. There's a lot of people that are really uh analyzing the route and you know pointing out things that, you know, different options and stuff like that. So um there's going to be some tweaks to it in the next uh month or so just to clean up a couple of spots there's one section that um is on both the short and the long loop if yeah yeah both the short and the long version um that the logistics of the actual uh route i don't think are going to be good for biking um and i kind of figured that right from the start but i put it in the initial map and my plan is to actually get out there and physically see it. That's going to be a big part of ensuring that that's going to be there. But I've, I've heard feedback from a couple of people now that it's really not a rideable section. So that'll just mean there'll be a little bit more of the original AR700 route um, down in the southern part of Alberta.
1: Right. So uh, like hike a bike or?
0: Uh, probably more like carry bushwhack. a
1: bike. <laughs> Okay. So how many scouts did you have? Um, uh, I don't know if
0: it's specifically scouts, yeah. but it's you know, people They're helping been, you out. Yeah. Uh you know probably half dozen people oh, have, that's great. have either emailed me or messaged me with with input on uh on the route. So it's been no, it's been super helpful and that's I've really just good. been kinda uh keeping notes of all of those those suggestions and, and ideas and possible issues with sections and then um in the next month or two, I'll be doing some scouting out there myself on a couple of sections that I want to verify Cool, and then get the final, final map put together. So
1: yeah. You feeling good about the route? Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Lots of time to develop that.
0: You're Not too tight? bad. <laughs> yeah. You know, I guess the, the funny thing was to me was the name. I didn't really want to lose the AR 700 name, but Really, it's not only in Alberta anymore. So, I I thought, okay, what do I got to keep here? I wanted to make it a loop, and I wanted to keep the main distance around 700 k.
1: Yeah.
0: Um. So I was like, well, it's going to be partially in Alberta and partially in BC. Like so. a
1: like a fifty fifty kind of thing, or
0: I think it's pretty close to that. Yeah, yeah. for the it's all good. for that. It's all yeah. good. Yeah, gives people the option, or not the option. It gives people the. Uh, the experience of riding the Elk Valley Trail, which is, I don't know if you've been out and ridden on any of that. I haven't. Um, yeah, I did some riding down there uh, after the bikepacking summit last uh, fall. We went, took our camper down to Fernie. Nice. And uh, did some riding on the Elk Valley Trail, and it was it's really cool. So
1: Cool. Is that, is that part of the Tour Divide, that section?
0: Yeah, it is part. They did add that as uh, part of the Great Divide route now
1: cool that's awesome too you get to kind of yeah. sample a bit of that yeah that's great and what's the date uh when august it 17 oh, it's late
0: yeah so that's that's the other worry i've got now is fires
1: yeah man it's uh we didn't get a lot of snowpack out here this year mm-hmm. and uh we've had some uh low snowpack related issues with like water lines freezing my sewer backed up a couple weeks ago because of a a big freeze thaw we had over a couple days oh wow um yeah so i don't know it's just the way it is you just got to roll the dice with that really um
0: well even even last year um who was it uh who who went and rode the ar 700 early um tom Devries. okay and he was going to start in Hinton and then work his way down, and then kind of do both the AR seven hundred and the BC Epic oh,
1: okay. in reverse.
0: Yeah. And uh, he, we had a forest fire right outside of Hinton, and oh, that was no. in that was in July. So he was that first section, or I guess the last section, depending on which way you're going. Um, the uh, the route was closed for that. 50k in and out of Hinton, so and it's it's definitely a possibility that there's going to be fire issues, but really you can't. I wanted to move the date too, just because that was one of the other feedbacks I'd heard was, um, you know, w- being so close to the BC Epic. Anybody who really wanted to be able to do both, having them both in the same month, you know, for your personal uh, health, <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, in recovery. Uh, yeah, and recovery and you know, time off from work. Yeah. Um,
1: yes. That's a great idea. You stagger them a little bit. Mm-hmm. Right. And then also it seems like a lot of, a lot of the races are kind of targeting like that July, that summer mm-hmm. kind of peak of summer almost date. So I think it's yep. good. And I think later is a bit better. I'm, I'm not sure what the temperatures are. I mean, they must be cooling down by then. Yeah. End of August.
0: And I wasn't too hung up on the date because the date changed the first year. Um, we ran it in June, and um, that was that was a bit of a logistic nightmare just because it was so close to the start of the um, the tour divide, and getting enough uh, rental spot trackers. All right. Because a lot of times, you know, the smaller events like these are taking, like they've only got such a, a such a size of uh, pool of spot trackers to to rent to people, and trying to get them really close to the start of the Tour Divide was a little bit of logistics.
1: Have you thought about maybe not providing that service? It's a fantastic service. I think that, you know, I, I bought a spot. I, mm-hmm. And I know they're not really the go-to tracker anymore, but I mean, I have it. And I'm going to use it. But uh, I don't know. I mean, if you're a bike packer, I almost think it's a, an essential piece of gear to have, really.
0: Well, I th- I think kind of... From a, an event organizer perspective, the the uh, the trackers, when you want to put your event on track leaders, that's kind of an add-on piece. They're offering you that service of letting you have your event on the track leader's page. Right. And kind of how you repay the favor, I guess, would be that you're giving people the ability to rent the, the trackers. You know, you... They get the sign up page and it says, Are you using your own device or do you want to rent one?
1: Oh, I see. So that kind of kicks off the the rental procedure. Exactly. Uh, yeah, okay. Well that's So it's makes not sense.
0: it's not me specifically saying I'm gonna rent all of these for people. It's when they put their name into the track leader's sign up, it gives them that option. And then it kind of comes down to they typically will send the trackers out to the event organizers. At least from my perspective, this is what I've experienced. I don't know if this is common across all of them, but uh, they'll either send me a bunch or um, they, they typically, I think, send a bunch of trackers to the, um, um, the Y in Banff. We're just right. near the start there. And so uh, there has been a couple of times that I've gone and on the way down, stopped there to pick up extra ones. That were left oh, leftovers right. from the start of the tour divide so right and
1: then you'll ship them back on their behalf and and maybe exactly. use them for your own race for yeah. your own purposes yeah, yeah that makes sense now you know because yeah that totally makes sense it, it kind of mm-hmm. makes it a little easier for the for the racer to to get to be yeah. tracked so yeah, yeah i i take it back i have a different stance now <laughs> i just <laughs> thought it's like something you should kind of have you know some sort well, of tracking yeah, device especially I, if you're just if you're just freestyling right in the woods, it, it helps let your family know, or it gives you a little bit of peace of mind, even though they don't tend to be super reliable. Um, from some of the chats I've had with, mm-hmm. with some of the other guests, but um, yeah, well, that's good.
0: Um, definitely, I agree with you 100. I I carry mine with me all the time.
1: You probably right. do you carry it in your car?
0: No, well, this time of year, no. But no. It, it, even well, no, that's not true. If I'm going back and forth from. Where I'm at now to Hinton, I, I always just clip it to my keychain. You never know. You yeah. end up down in a ditch somewhere yeah, at night totally. traveling. Like Especially anytime I'm traveling in the winter, I always just, if I'm going out of town, I just clip it to my keychain and then I have it with me. Yeah, especially I'm paying a subscription. I might as well have it with me as a peace of mind for something.
1: Yeah, it should just be thrown in your everyday carry bag. You just carry it around all the time. Because when the zombies attack and you fly into yeah. the mountains, you'll have a way to let people know where you are. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know and up there too like i've heard stories of of people traveling really far north and like they'll 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 diesel up kind of like in the southern part of the the province and they'll start heading north and apparently the the diesel that you that the, that gets delivered up there has it's it's a bit more um it has a lower freezing temperature i don't know if that's the case for sure okay. but i've heard of people their their diesel will gel on them uh, when they get up there, and I've heard of moms with kids like breaking down in minus 40, and mm-hmm. they can't start the car, and they're out of service, and you can't, you know, and there's no traffic. That's yeah. a spot tracker, man. That'd be great. Yeah, know, everyday thing to carry around, for sure. Might so, be an
0: expensive uh, tank yeah. of fuel, though.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Stoppers bringing the fuel in. Oh, yeah, right.
1: <laughs> Trying to save you. Um, so yeah, we talked about the new routes. Uh, we talked about scouting who helped you. Do you want to shout out to any people who, who helped, uh, scout that out and give um, you that feedback? You mentioned there's about a half a dozen people.
0: Yeah. I've, yeah, I've heard feedback from a uh, few people. Um, is on. that too much
1: pressure? I can edit this out. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, let me just look on my, uh, I don't want to mess up anybody's name. No, I understand.
1: Here. Yeah. it'd be good to maybe give them a shout out.
0: Uh, Tim Johnson's been awesome. he's been really analyzing the route nice um, I've had some some good feedback from uh from Tim Bulger as well doing some uh, pointing out some different options for the route um, also down in the the southern part of the province kind of there's I really wanted to go over the border between b c and Alberta not on a paved road so this will be for the main route um is uh cold bike uh jim oh doug doug yeah doug yes yeah. doug Cold bike. um yeah so you know i've i've had some like I said some really good feedback from, awesome from a few people
1: here, yeah so. D- doug is pretty familiar with that area i think yeah yeah,
0: yeah he actually put me on to uh bit of a, a guidebook that was made I think in the 90s and I was able to find a used one on Amazon
1: and oh, nice.
0: you know it's it's pretty basic but it really helped to kind of see what some of those sections like it's real good detailed piece on that and definitely some of his write-ups go, writing those like on his blog and stuff were awesome just to read through that and you know get a real good feel of that it's a rideable section so yeah
1: that's cool it's good to have that that help so i guess what what are the what are some of the difference differences people can expect between the old route and the new route
0: um more elevation yeah <laughs> uh i don't know what I, uh, not off the top of my head i don't know what the difference is but um definitely some added elevation gain um much less just uh gravel road riding and um, so you've got both the high Rockies trail and the or um, well, the previously mentioned um, elk Valley trail so those are both in there so that's a lot of you know trail so try yeah. to add more trail and reduce the amount of just continuously riding roads um, uh, yeah so it'll be it'll be different it'll be a little bit of the old it's down in the southern part, the part between, um, like past Highwood House and stuff like that, and still up over the Highwood Pass, even though that's a paved section, everybody seems to really enjoy getting up uh, and over Highwood Pass.
1: Yeah, getting up and over it—that was the enjoyable part. Knowing that you got up and over it. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. That was that was forever, yeah, man. I had, a, a I had to have a
0: laugh. This last year, there was. Um, I, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say names or anything, but there was a. Two or three people this year that, or sorry, in 2018, that bailed at the top of Highwood Pass. Oh, yeah? And I was just like, oh, man, you worked so hard to get to the top. At least go down the other side. Yeah.
1: Did they just turn around and go back down the way they came?
0: No, they had somebody there picking them up. At oh, the top.
1: man. That's yeah. a lot of pavement. I, yeah, that's a lot of pavement. But the coast down the other side was just, oh, it was like, finally, you could just like coast. It was, what is yeah. it? 25K? down yeah pretty much like it seemed yeah. forever i remember that was that was a, a really nice reward actually after all that just the pavement man i just i don't like being on the road no you know, i really sp- don't either especially after some of the you know the unfortunate deaths we've seen mm-hmm. in some of those you know road specific ultras yeah you know well
0: it, and not to be honest that was one of the other things is the one piece that i really felt uncomfortable myself on was that that stretch of 1a between yeah. canmore and the ghost reservoir is just like there's no shoulders for 30k like nothing mm-hmm. and i don't know it's it's just i didn't like that section i really didn't it's too bad that there's that whatever 20 30k with absolutely no shoulder and the sections before and after there there's a nice wide shoulder but through the middle there's absolutely nothing And i've heard definitely heard feedback from a few people that they didn't feel super comfortable on that section and um, especially people who went through there at night, people who would push through yeah. from the, you know, the going from the South to the North, um, by the, if you're, if you're one of those super crazies that push past Canmore on day one, um, and I mean that in a good way, crazy. Uh, um, of course. <laughs> <laughs> and you're, you, by the time you're getting there, you're, you're probably riding in the dark So
1: Yeah. Yeah. You want to make sure you have a good flasher for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, you know, I haven't had any bad experiences. Um, you know, when I ride into the summit every year, I, I ride through the, through the Kootenai park there and most people, and there's a huge shoulder and most people even give you a wide berth. I mm-hmm. think it's just the odd, the odd a-hole that just wants to prove something that kind of gives you a buzz. And I ah, just, all it takes is for you to just swerve at that moment, right? Just swerve around something and then you get hit. Yeah. Or yeah. somebody pay,
0: not paying attention, they're on well, their phone. Or something. Oh my God. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no fun.
1: Um, how about um, when I was looking at the route, I was kind of like looking at resupply. There doesn't le- seem to be a ton.
0: No, there's definitely less, <laughs> less options there. People are going to have to be a little bit more prepared for, you know, probably a good couple days worth of supplies. So
1: yeah. Well, it's not so bad. depends how far you can go every day, how much, you know, yeah. you're going to need, but
0: yeah. Um, one of the things actually, uh, Tim pointed out this week is, um, potentially a, a slight alternate, um, on the return part of the loop to cut across, uh, to get to the Bolton Creek, uh, store.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah.
0: Uh, instead of continuing right on to the main entrance into Peter Loughey Park there. So probably incorporate that in. So it'll be some nice single track through the trees. Oh, that'd be nice. That'll bring you right into the, the resupply at Bolton Creek. So that'll be another option.
1: Yeah, that'd be good. I mean, have to carry a couple of days of food isn't really that big of a deal. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, I was talking to uh, Matt Cady. He's the the uh, BT seven hundred in Ontario. Okay, and yep. if you look at that route, it's just like peppered with resupply. It's it's. I think there's a there's an element of people also feeling kind of safe, especially if they're new, and they mm-hmm. go out like, um, yeah, you you ride maybe sixty k between. It's just like a campground or a store or a grocery store. Yeah. Downtown. Yeah, I looked at just, that route. It looks really cool. You lots can barely of, the see the route for all speak. the for all the points of interest all around mm-hmm. it. Yeah. No, it looks it looks like a really fun route. Yeah. But uh something to consider when you're when you're looking at when you're planning your trip is to look at that resupply. What about water, access to water? Probably pretty good, hey?
0: I think it'll be good. Yeah. There's there's lots of creek crossings and stuff like that. So. Right.
1: What do you do uh-huh. for, for water? Do you filter? Do you
0: treat? Yeah. Yeah. I'm not, not, I I don't know what I use. Ah. What I used (laughs) last year was failed me.
1: Oh no. Did you get sick?
0: No, but that's, that was pretty much my main reason for stopping was I had no way I was, I had no way to filter water anymore.
1: What happened?
0: Um, just, it was a brand new filter Yeah, and it just basically stopped pumping.
1: Oh no. It must and, have been clogged then.
0: Yeah, I had I'd followed the clean-out procedure, and I've l- read a lot of stuff online. There's really mixed reviews on it. It was a new type of filter. Okay. And uh, some people swear by it, but you know, I put a lot of water through it in the three days, and it was just progressively getting slower and slower, and oh, I, yeah. I followed the clean-out procedure, and it just didn't seem to be helping. And then I got to a point where I think the something with like trying to pump it so hard that it actually blew something out inside and then it just wouldn't pump anymore.
1: Oh, interesting.
0: And unfortunately that was kind of along the section south of Nordegg where you're really in cattle country. Oh and yeah. I'm, like, I'm not risking drinking unfiltered water
1: in this area. Yeah. Unless, unless you can find a place to get it. Like someone's, yeah. someone's spigot off the yeah. side of their house or something. Well that's there's no
0: houses there. There's nothing. There's the so, middle
1: of nowhere. Some ranch. Yeah. yeah. I use... Well, um, to go sorry? ahead. Sorry? No, go ahead.
0: Um that when you were talking about resupplies, that was that section of the previous route between uh Nordig and and Canmore, you really only had that one uh, resupply option that was off route by about ten or so K, yeah, K off route. And it was, even that was pretty limited hours and pretty limited amount of supplies. Um, So definitely the new route, there will be a couple of long sections, but I don't think there's going to be anything as long as that 300 and some K.
1: Oh, is that a 300 K resupply? That's not, yeah, that's not too, too bad. Yeah. That's a ways to go. I use, um, for water, I, I, I'm, they don't endorse obviously in, um, Sawyer, uh, water filter. I, I love that thing. That, okay, I love that thing. Um, you do also have to back flush it. Yeah. Um, But just how small it is. Yeah. And, uh, that's the little blue one? Yeah, they come in different colors. Yeah, blue. Yeah, it's about yeah. the size I've, of a, I don't know.
0: That's what I have. Well, I still have that. And that's what I used on every trip up until last year. Uh, you know, when I was out oh, by myself. If I'm backpacking or something, I'm carrying a bigger filter, obviously. But right. um, the only thing I found with that, and the reason I started looking for another one was I just hated the trying to fill that bag. Oh dude,
1: you know what you do? You uh do you know smart water? Like smart water bottles? Uh, just a bottle of water? Okay. Like, you know, like plastic bottles. Yeah. Um those fit on the nozzle. So, yeah, that that bag I ca- sometimes I'll carry that bag as a kind of a back like a reservoir, I could hold okay. water in. Yeah, yeah, it's impossible to fill. But yeah. um if you use a bottle, uh you can just dip the bottle in the stream. And then I also cut a bot a, a bottom of another bottle out that fits over the bottom of that bottle. So if you have to scoop from like a shallow spot, you can do that and fill the bottle. And then you just screw the filter on top of the bottle and just give it a, you can give it a really good squeeze. And then you yeah. have to crack it every now and then because obviously you create a vacuum yeah, and you yeah. crack it. And then, so I, I, I was using a, just a, what's a bottle of smart water costs, what, like two bucks? Like the big one, like the liter. Yeah. And I strapped that under my down tube. Perfect. And, uh, and then it doesn't, I mean, you can recycle it. They're pretty bomber. They don't fall apart. Uh, that was, a, I don't know where I found that tip. It's yeah. Just well, it's super cheap, right? It. Yeah. I really yeah. like the Sawyer filter for people who are, I mean, I know the, the, you know, the SteriPen thing. I just don't, I don't know how reliable that would be. You, I don't want to carry anything that needs a battery to mm-hmm. keep me from getting the craps for a week after. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I just I really like the Sawyer. It, it does help to to pick from uh, clean sources, obviously. Yeah. Thought, oh, definitely. Yeah. yeah. You know, like a cow pond <clears throat> would be uh, be a bit different. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, you can do it though. <laughs> I know. I haven't really uh, tested that theory. I,
0: I I've definitely filtered water out of streams that are running through cow or like beaver ponds and stuff, and yeah. never had an issue. But I've filtered it, right. and I, I I definitely will drink unfiltered water out of you know a properly moving stream out of a hillside yeah. or whatever. But yeah, kind of slow, slow moving or stagnant water.
1: You yeah. Know, You're agriculture. rolling the dice on yeah, that definitely. stuff. Yeah. So I oh, almost talked about everything. Yeah. Let's talk about your racing experiences. So you've tried to do. <laughs> I've tried to do lots of
0: things. Yeah.
1: And I mean that with respect because it's, they're hard, man. They're, they're hard to do. And uh, so you, have you tried, uh, so you, the Oregon Timber Trail was your first one?
0: Uh, the Oregon Outback.
1: Oh, okay, the Outback. So that was yeah. not the Timber Trail, it was a different one?
0: No, it was one that uh actually uh uh Leonard and I both rode in 20 uh 15. That would have been the first bikepacking trip I did. Actually, um Leonard and I met through an Oregon Outback uh Facebook page. Okay. And ended up just kind of uh coordinating to travel down to do the route cause we were both coming from Canada. Yeah. And so, um, met him through that and then, yeah, we both went down and rode that, you know, like I said, 2015. So that was a, that was a route that went kind of straight up the middle of Oregon and, uh, started kind of on the California Oregon border at the South and then went straight North, um, kind of through some deserty section in the middle and a bit of mountains and, real varied terrain really cool cool uh um route um unfortunately that year there was some uh, disrespectful people oh, no. who actually uh basically treated the the route horribly and left lots of mess behind and the organizer basically shut the event down after that year
1: You mean bike packers people yeah. who were run- oh dude that's so disappointing
0: Yeah it's it's interesting. There's a good, good couple articles online if you search for the death of the Oregon Outback. Um, there's a good, I good will. article online about uh, from the organizer and kind of the, some of the stuff that went on. It's just completely disrespectful. Like, so,
1: more like just littering or, or yeah, like-
0: littering and uh, there was on the first night um, there was a lot of people who were let into a farmer's barn. There was a small town and it was really raining that first night. And a local, um, a local farmer there let a bunch of people sleep in his barn. And then there was some people the next morning, like, literally crapping in his yard.
1: Oh, my gosh.
0: And apparently, like, people left big messes in campgrounds. And th- there was actually one small town. that I think they did a, an ordinance that you weren't allowed to camp in their town parks anymore after that
1: event. I'm really disappointed in all you people. Who did yeah. that <laughs> that is not that is not bike packer ethos at all like no. that is so contrary to what we're all about that's so yeah. shocking to me that's a bummer so don't do yeah. that on the AR yeah. 700 pack no, it in definitely. pack it out <laughs> yeah leave no trace that's nuts now what was your next one
0: um so then I uh, organized the Alberta Rockies for 2016 and so I can definitely I've, I can I've ridden the entire route. I haven't ridden it in one continuous uh, event adventure, but uh, definitely come to learn over the last couple of years that I've gotten, got a limit of where my the distance and number of days that my enjoyment enjoyment ends. So yeah. it seems to be about three or four and about five hundred k is my happy happy place.
1: It's a good distance,
0: and after that I'm not as happy. I haven't figured out how to break through that. I don't know what it is, it's the wall or it's
1: all in your head. It's yeah, all, I know. all in your head. <laughs> yeah, I know. that. I mean, that's, that's come up a couple of times cause I really like talking about it, but the, the, the mental side of it all, I think is almost one of the most important aspects of it. Cause mm-hmm. yeah, you can, you can train and ride every day and think that you're putting the time in for success, but really you have to think about all those hours that you're going to be on the saddle. And it, I don't know, I was never really bored on the, on the BC Epic. Uh, no, it was more. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's like a set and setting thing. It's just, you have to go into it with the right uh, mindset and don't set these expe- expectations on yourself that you're going to be able to ride uh 400 K in a day. Yeah. I talked to uh, um, Evan, uh, Evan Deutsch the other day about his BC Epic experience. And I, I kind of calculated he was averaging like 400 and, Fifty or 460k a day and that's just oh, like cool. yeah i mean that's that just shows what people are capable of right and uh, he he said it himself he's like i'm not like this super uber high-end athlete he works hard and he trains mm-hmm. hard and he's used to being on a bike for a long period of time but i think more it's just his mental his brain is used to being on the bike for that long and he knows yeah. how to endure uh you know pain and a little bit of suffering and, W- mm-hmm. Adverse weather and it's, yeah, you know I think it takes it does take a special breed I think to be able to push hard like that. Yeah. So yeah, you just set reasonable expectations, mm-hmm. and then you know maybe even dial them back a bit. Like yeah, you know I'm going to do 200k today, and it's like oh yeah, I did 230, awesome, you know yeah that, that's a win and that gives you that little boost to oh, I wonder if I could do 250 the next day, you know kind of thing. Yeah, I don't know. It's all in your head, man. What are you thinking about when you? uh What, what shatters you? Well, a water filter, that's a big deal. Like if you can't, you can't hydrate, then that's, that's a problem. Yeah, for sure. Yeah.
0: Um, no, it's, I don't know. There seems to always be some, something that comes up that you, you, you let your mind make it more of an issue than it really has to be. Like you're not on death's door or anything like that, but you know, things come up while you're riding and you, kind of have to push past them sometimes. But I think part of it too is a mental a mental game with time frames and you know expectations to to finish in a certain number of days, you know, whether they're self-imposed or, you know, other commitments that you've made. And I've heard this from a couple of people on podcasts and stuff that, you know, they really need to go into these type of things basically with you know a clear know everything cleared off your plate
1: yeah
0: especially people doing these big events like the tour divide and things like that you need to be going into it with nothing that is going to be an excuse for you to pull out yeah you know um you know a work commitment that you're like well, i can probably be away for this but um you know it should be okay that i'm away and then while you're out there you could use that as a yeah as an excuse to say, you know what, I'm, I'm feeling horrible today. It's raining, it's miserable. And then you can use that as to kind of sell yourself on a reason to not finish. So, um, but you know, part of it for myself is I've done a couple trips in the last, uh, you know, year and a half, two years that aren't, you know, races, not that I'm ever going into these in a race mode. I'm definitely not the guy out in front. Um, But, uh, you know, you still get into that race perspective, even if you're not a racer. And I, that's one thing I have a hard time getting out of my brain, even though I know I can't be one of those guys doing 400 K a day. Um, you still get that into your mind and I've, I've looked more to, you know, overnighters and more enjoyable trips, I guess. Not that these, not that these events aren't enjoyable, they have their own, uh, their own enjoyment, oh, but sure. it's a, it's different. So, you know, this year, my main, my main trip is I'm going to do the, the Northern chunk of the great divide route from nice. whitefish back to Banff. There's a few of us going to do that ride. Take yeah. That. I wish
1: I could get in on that with you guys. I, I looked at it, but I can't, I don't think I can make yeah. it. Work.
0: So just going to take the time and enjoy that route. Cause there's some of that route that I have seen lots of video of and heard lots of experiences that, It's an amazing piece of the route and I really want to ride it. I can't logistically figure out a way to ride the entire route in one go. So,
1: (laughs) Yeah. I'd like to do the tour divide one day. Uh, but yeah, it's, that's a logistically difficult one to pull off. I think for sure. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. That, you know what? Um, I've had a good strategy, not just in, not necessarily the bike pack racing thing, but in, in races I've done in the past or super casual, like, um, group rides or toony races you might have in your town is uh start at the very back. Like, mm. because one, they, well, you, you know, uh, I'm the same way. It's like, I'm not at the pointy end of the stick, right? I'm just, I'm kind of like a mid pack rider, I guess. But uh, on the BC Epic, I started at the very, very back. And uh, all you, you have, the only place you can go is up, right? Really. so And, and mm-hmm. then, you know, you pass a few people and then there's a bit of attrition and you see all the people that get flats and, and then also a lot of people go too hard off the start, which we've all done. And then I think that's a really good strategy is just to really hold it back because you've got all day to ride your bike. You know, mm-hmm. you've got 24 hours in which to get to, to attain your goal and going three or four kilometers per hour faster, isn't really going to help you with that really Yeah, over the long haul. So try that. Try that next time. Just start at the very back, the very back. And then, yeah. Yeah, then you get to talk to people as you go. Like, you know, you might pass a couple people like, Hey, how's it going? Whatever. Unless, unless
0: you don't pass anybody.
1: Yeah. And then, and then if you don't, <laughs> you don't,
0: I don't know. It's, it, then
1: you don't, it's not really in your head. You've kind of set that expectation. Like I'm at the back, I'm going yeah. to the back of the bus and, uh, I'm just going to watch it all unfold in front of me. And, you know, if I have, uh, if I have opportunities to pass or get past people or whatever, then that's that's a bonus. I don't know. Worked for me on the Epic. I I started the very 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 back, and uh, yeah, there's obviously there's people I never saw. I didn't, never saw them again, obviously, because these two mm-hmm. three day racers, yeah, I never saw them. But uh, it's just fun. Then you you look at the track, like uh, I was looking at the tracker with my uh, the replay with my wife the other day, and it's pretty fun to watch. Like it's like oh look at me go doo and you watch a little your dot go and you can kind of see where you were able to overtake people say at night or um, Mm. you could see a lot of people would stop or or veer off to go to a resupply but you didn't have to because you had a bit of food and you passed a bunch of people so it's really good kind of analysis in a way
0: yeah It's, it's interesting to see too after how close you sometimes are to people when you think you're out there by yourself like you'll be riding by yourself for four or five hours and you think there's absolutely nobody around and when you go watch the replay you see that somebody was like 3k like ahead or behind yeah, you.
1: That's so cool. I think that that kind of almost made me feel a bit safe as well because being not super experienced, you go out there and you know that especially when, you know, after a day or two, you're kind of in the middle of the pack and you know that if you get into trouble, you know, there's, there's lots of humans around you, even yeah. if you're super remote, you know, there's a whole bunch of other people coming up behind you who could help, you know, get you out or, you know, cause we all help each other when we can. So um, yeah, that's another good strategy to, to feel mm-hmm. safe, I think. Cause uh, yeah. again, that was not a worry. The AR I, 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 safety was a bit of an issue just because of my inexperience and being remote. And I wasn't super afraid, but just like, Oh, all the what if and packing your fears and, and all that stuff. But uh, yeah, I don't know, man, it's all in your head. It's just riding bikes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so um, then uh, you did, the, you've, uh, attempted the AR twice, right?
0: Uh I guess three times. Oh, th- oh, of course, yeah, three times, yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, this is the year, man, so we'll see you down there. <laughs> I <Like laughs> said I'll be there one way or another. Uh in what else fashion. do you want to talk about? What else do you have planned this summer?
0: Uh, maybe looking at doing like a one or two night trip uh with uh, with another couple um down in the South uh, east corner, there's the, of the province here. Oh, Cypress Hills. Okay. It's one of the routes that's on uh, bikepacking.com. Okay. They've got a really, really good route that's, I don't know, it's a couple hundred, maybe
1: 300k. That's nice.
0: Uh, so it be a good, good route. So there's my wife and I and another couple that are potentially looking to try to coordinate that so we can all go out and ride together.
1: Awesome. Yeah.
0: And other than that, that's yeah. Do the like I said do the Great Divide chunk in uh July, f- fifteen weeks today is what my reminder told me.
1: TikTok, yeah. <laughs> TikTok. Um, <tick-talk>. yeah. <laughs> I remember watching those countdowns for the epic and for the AR I did. It was just like oh, oh another day less. Oh my gosh.
0: Yeah, I got to start posting those again. I got to start getting some stuff out onto the page cuz I haven't been with the moving and stuff like oh, that. No. I haven't been super active with getting stuff out there. I've got some more sign-ups that I want to announce and stuff like that. There's a good turnout like we got some people from from overseas this year. Let me oh, just nice. quickly look at the list. I think there's um, there's people from from alaska i saw yes yeah, so we've got obviously alberta bc um somebody who's coming from brazil
1: oh, nice shout out to alaska man what a great place for bikes
0: yeah there, man Wonderful. somebody actually coming from france too oh wow so yeah a couple people from out east uh, somebody who rode, I think in the first year, Jeff Mullen from, uh, Vermont, he's coming back to ride the new name. route. Cool. He, yeah, he finished the first year. So that's why he said he'd mentioned that he, uh, you know, he really enjoyed the route, but the logistics of that one way route, especially coming from as far away as, as, uh, Vermont were, were difficult. So he, when he saw that it changed up the route to make it, a, a uh, a loop, uh, that definitely intrigued him to come back and awesome. check out the new version. So,
1: cool. Yeah, I'm pretty psyched to uh, try the new one. It looks uh, it looks like it's going to be good.
0: Yeah, I think it'll be it'll be good. Definitely, like said, I think our numbers last year starter starting riders was under ten. Oh no! So definitely, like I was really kind of at a crossroads of what I was going to do because you know I was looking at you know thirty five the first year and then i don't know 20 some the second year and 10 or maybe it was 11 i'd have to look back at the picture but the third year i'm thinking well at that rate there might be one person this year so i either don't organize it again or change it up significantly to make make it more desirable and interesting and make people want to want to ride so
1: well mission accomplished because man i guess so yeah you're up to 40 that's great. Or sorry, how many? 40?
0: 45, I think. 45. 45 today. Yeah, there was one new sign up today, so
1: I'll be it'll be wicked to go down there and meet a bunch of people. I'm I'm going to bring my little field recorder too, so I hope to uh, pack that away on my bike somewhere and then if I meet people kind of just, you know, interview them on the fly if I can. Oh, that'll be cool. Yeah, maybe. We'll see how it works. It's it's not uh it's kind of an expensive piece of equipment, so I don't know if I really want to bring it, but Yeah. It's pretty small. I'm not going to worry about it. Yeah, I got to get
0: something coordinated too for a a pre-ride kind of get-together like we've done on the other years. So I got to find a location to do that.
1: Camor Brewing Company. No,
0: Might might be on the list. That'd be a good place.
1: Sarah's house. Let's have a big party at Sarah's house.
0: Sounds like a plan.
1: (laughs) She's like, no, no, no. (laughs) Uh, What else? I don't have anything else. What about you? I wish I could see you. Poor connection, stupid. Yeah, I got Internet. that too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's kind of all I had. I mean, those are the basic questions. Um, I can edit this out too. Um, Talked about that. Do you have anything in the future you want to do? Like maybe not this year, but are you interested in ever trying to do the tour divide?
0: You know, I've thought about it. Um, I I'm just... Yeah, the logistics of doing it is, you know, especially with the family. Yeah, um, I know it's doable. People do it, um, but it's it's tough to make that much of a time commitment, you know, family and work to be able to take three weeks. That would be optimistic to up to a month off. Yeah, is so. I, I we'll see. Like, I think part of part of what I'm doing this year, the ride that I'm focusing on for this year, is to experience. You know, a, a good part, of, a, like a good section of the route. Not that there's any bad sections, but you know, a good local section of the route, and um, be able to enjoy that, especially when it's really in, a, in my own backyard.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: And um, and just being able to to get out there, and oh, actually, I I want to go ride in Argentina now after watching. Uh, oh
1: man, Johans.
0: Yeah. That. His most videos. recent video was phenomenal i'm just like i had to watch it a second time because i was just like i want to go there now
1: <laughs> yeah yeah what what he's done with his uh his youtube channel is is pretty amazing actually mm-hmm. yeah he's made a real niche for himself in that adventure video yeah i was saying that in uh, sarah's podcast too it's just his uh watching him evolve as a as a video producer slash bike rider slash even his language, right? Just, yeah. Yeah. It was just so cool to watch. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Very cool. Hey, so tell everyone, um, so where are all the spots people can find you online, Instagram, etc.? cetera.
0: Uh, Alberta Rocky, 700.com. And, uh, oh, uh, the Instagram is AR 700 bike. And then there's the, um, Facebook uh, page, which is Alberta Rocky 700.
1: Yeah. So anyone listening, if you hear this and you're interested, reach out to Jonathan or uh, check out the resources online. And, uh, but you're, you're pretty good at getting in touch with people. I know that. So uh, most of the organizers are actually really good. If you have a question about logistics or about the route, reach out to Jonathan or any of the other organizers and you can find that information out. Definitely. Definitely. Hey man, thanks for taking the time to talk to me.
0: No, that's it's great. I really appreciate that you've uh, brought this back to our our world. Thanks, James. and it's been great listening to the podcast so far. And I Just, uh, I said, I love it. I love ha- having these, and um, it was just great to see it come back to our world. So, thank you.
1: Oh, uh, you're welcome. It's my pleasure. I, I really like doing it, and it's really, I think it's really connected our community. So uh we we're, we're going to keep doing it. Awesome. All right, thanks Jonathan. Hey, okay, thank you. Okay, take it easy. You bet. Bye. I want to thank again Jonathan Hayward for taking some time to talk to us. Uh fantastic to hear a little bit about the route, a little bit about his mindset in in these uh bikepacking events. Um I also want to thank pack Canada for just giving me the opportunity to to chat with these people and and uh, chat with you and share with you. I think it's awesome. Um, Don't forget Bike Pack Canada Summit coming up at the end of September, Saturday the 28th and Sunday the 29th. There's a social on the 27th happening. Uh, Check bikepack.ca for details on that. And also don't forget about the Overnighter, kind of working in reverse chronological order there. But the night of the 26th, we'll be back for the social. A uh, little ride down into Canadaskus should be fantastic. I can't wait. Can't wait to see who uh, who else is going on it, and uh, it'd be just a super fun, good vibe ride. I can't wait. Um, so yeah, overnighter on the 26th, social on the 27th, and then a weekend of good bikepacking vibes, 28th and 29th. So don't forget bikepack.ca for details on that. And if you want to get in touch with me, the best way to do that would be to send me an email, bikepackcanadapodcast at gmail.com. I'm always there to talk, answer any questions you have, take guest suggestions. And of course, I love getting the voice memos. So don't forget about me. All right. Have a great weekend. And until next time, get out there, ride bikes, sleep in the woods, and keep the rubber side down.